0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by FullScale.io.
1: What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. It's Drew, founder of Marknology, here as today's host for Startup Hustle, covering all things e-com, startups, SaaS, you name it, um, you know, in and around the world of e-com, in and around the world of marketing, we're, we're touching base. Today's guest is calling in from LA. Uh, and Before I make that introduction, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor that makes this whole episode possible. Today's episode of Startup Puzzle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and as a platform to help you manage that team, visit FullScale.io to learn more. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, man. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Okay, is it Capistani? Yeah, so I have, uh, that's my real last name. My full name is Lucas James Capistani. So I decided to just go by Lucas James because people, it's just hard to spell Capistani because people think it's like a K. I think it's like an I at the end. So for simplicity's sake, I just go with James.
1: Stage James. name. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I just wanted people <laughs> to, to know, you know, who you are. Um, but I didn't want to butcher it as well. I think that's part of our thing here is we have so many languages in the US that people get a little stuck oh to pronounce the names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, even like, I guess it's a little bit off topic, but even when you're working with like offshore people who are in other countries, um, you know there really is no difference anymore between working with someone in another country because in the United States, like you said, there's pretty much every language, every kind of person. So it's like this cognitive dissonance where you work with some people and they're like, oh, I don't want to work with people in another country because of whatever reason, culturally or something, just whatever doesn't resonate with the brand. But are you not going to work with that person if
1: they're sitting next to you at the desk at your job? Like, you know, exactly. um, I
0: find it funny. I'm like, I don't know why this is a problem. I mean, It really shouldn't be an issue, but, um, yeah, there's so many
1: people in the U S lack of education is the problem in the U.S. I think for those people in, um, they just haven't experienced it. They haven't done it. Haven't don't don't understand, but we'll leave that to, (laughs) we'll leave that to them. And that one, um, alone, we're talking about the future of no code. Um, and before we go into kind of, you know, what you're doing, what you've been building, um, yeah. I like a little bit of the backstory. I think our listeners Mm -hmm. love to get started with just a little bit of the backstory, getting to know a little bit about Lucas James. Um, So I know you're a developer, um, but tell me like, you know, kind of where your entrepreneurial journey started. Like, did you always know you want to be an entrepreneur? Did you always know you want to be a programmer? Did you fall into it? Um, Everyone has a little bit of different spin, you know, on that where you come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, Where does your story begin? Yeah, so
0: definitely come from a family of uh, sales professionals. We didn't really do a lot of entrepreneurship uh, growing up. In fact, I didn't even know that you could have a business. I thought it was illegal to have a business under the age of 18. I just, for some, it's a kind of a, it was a little silly, but I just didn't know. And I'm a little bummed that I didn't, because I definitely was someone who, you know, went to school, but always was wondering what the point of all of this was, and honestly would have loved to do more entrepreneurial thing. So I was always finding outlets in different areas. Like I would, you know, run a food drive or like set up a club or something like that. But it wasn't until college where I realized, okay, well, I'm old enough now, uh, which was never really a problem, but I just thought it was. It was a mental barrier. I'm old enough now I can start my own business. And so I launched one when I was a junior in college. And my whole perspective has always been that I wanted to, build companies in phases. So my first business is, and, uh, you know, continues to be this marketing agency and software company. The reason I wanted to start there was because I am not really into the whole fundraising thing. I don't really Hmm. think if you, if you like, or someone who actually says, I want to maximize my chances of building a hundred million dollar business, a billion dollar business. I think, um, at least in the beginning phases, you should probably learn how to actually run a business uh, and not just go raise money before learning all that. So I decided I want to learn that first before just going out and raising money. So I put in the time to like build a team, build a culture, build a company that cash flows from day one, uh, built that into now a multi-million dollar business. We do close to $2 million a year in revenue. And uh, what we sell is you know, revenue growth. Like, so I do tell people this because I want to show them, hey, we've done it already. So, you know, I'd love to do it for you as well. And then over the last um, year and a half, two years, we decided to start building a software. And so I was able to remove myself from the day to day of the business and just went fully into developing software. I actually had never developed software before. I just always wanted to. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to teach myself. So I went and originally was going to do custom development. I was going to go learn like all the traditional languages. And then I came across no code, and I was able to build things way faster and was able to get something to market really quick. So we started going to market and we charged like nine bucks a month for a software that was like a community referral software called AgencyGo. It was a different brand at the time. Okay. And uh, I decided to incorporate it into Twiz after about a year and a half and after about the first two versions and after i rolled out the first two versions and we had scaled it up to like uh, a pretty good size i was like all right i want to actually do this for real with like a real team i'm not just going to build it myself so i started to put together an actual development team and the last six seven months we've actually been building something that's the next version which you can access now for free for 30 days but that version is um built by a real team not just me yellowing it and uh it's built to scale. Right. So I'm at that point in the business, just working on the flywheel, working on the culture, working on creating content, putting out content. That's where I'm at in the journey of it all, I guess. Yeah. So, so
1: tell me when you say, you know, as a, on the marketing, we're going to break this down piece by piece. So when you say you work in, you know, you're, you're a marketing agency you built, yeah. you know, 2 million in revenue um, and you help other people grow. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what we do, you know, we help people grow uh, on Amazon, um, yeah, B2C e to too, and different things like that. But Amazon's been our focus for a long time, yeah. Um, whether that's uh, SEO for keywords, product descriptions, you know, you name it. Right. Um, what do you guys do to, more in depth, I guess, to help brands grow? What service is that?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, what's funny is we actually worked with uh, someone you might know, uh, my Amazon guy. Um, yeah. So we've worked with them. And then, and I can kind of explain sort of how that happened and what we did for them, at least on like a high level, because it's the same process we do for everybody. Uh, which is, we, uh, if they don't need SEO, which is usually a service business, you know, we do SEO a lot for e-commerce brands, uh, real estate companies, and that's like a pretty straightforward offer. Which is that we have extremely good rates on SEO. We're extremely good at it. So anytime we get an SEO client, it's really straightforward. It really isn't that complex for us. So there isn't really page like
1: SEO I, or is it PR? Like, yeah. So you know, on-page SEO, that don't, content yeah, for,
0: marketing, um, we're dealing typically outside of, uh, places like Amazon. So it's mostly like within a website that somebody currently has with that's Shopify, Webflow, WordPress. And I think the biggest value add there we have is just, Hey, we've worked with some of the biggest companies and, uh, I've done this for so long and I could literally just show you the growth of our websites that it's not that complicated. Like it's not a complicated pitch. Um, it's not really, I would even say unique necessarily in the sense that there are other companies that do this, but I feel like maybe ours is different because we have that technical perspective, like really in deep technical perspective, not surface level, but you know, we are software developers. So we can look at it from a very complex standpoint um, and just show our results. So it's very straightforward. But I think with the delivery of our kind of lead gen services, that's been a little bit more unique because uh, we do have a global team. Uh, and we do try multivariate testing of different kinds of campaigns. So we do what's called indirect offers and direct offers. So we'll message people with a direct sales pitch, like everyone's familiar with, like, Hey, I do this. Would love to hop on a call with you. But then we do a lot of like lead magnets around gifts, webinars, podcasts, just any possible way to get someone to respond. And that kind of supplements the funnel. So we kind of call those our universal value offers and those are universal lead magnets. So there's things that people say yes to. And so I think that does make that service a little unique because um, most people are not used to running lead gen campaigns that way. It's usually just like you take their sales pitch and you just send it out to a thousand people. And I think that doesn't really work at scale. It's not the
1: same as a webinar or a free audit or a free consultation or an ebook or, you know, those kinds of offers.
0: I mean, it's like, Basically, the way I describe it is if you directly pitch somebody, you're trying to get to the 1% of people who are actively thinking about this. So you're going to get less people opting in, but those people have a shorter sales cycle. And also, if 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 the only thing you do is a direct sales pitch and that's it, and you never try anything else creatively outside of that, you might completely fail at it because it's very possible that the people you're reaching out to just don't want to hear any kind of direct sales pitches at all.
1: Um I definitely so, don't like to be sold. Like I don't like to be hard sold to like exactly. I kind of shut down yeah. immediately. Even if you're, even if you were selling me exactly what I need, there's a part yeah. of me that's just like, I don't like to be pressured. I don't like to be pushed. Um, you know, did you, do you actually know about my needs? Have you looked into my company? Are you just spamming me? Uh, the kind of like, I'm going to make a bad decision if I make a fast decision. I just right. don't like to be, to be sold to like, it definitely needs to feel more like a relationship. It needs to feel a lot more like led with value. Wow on this pitch, on this demo, on this, I already got so much information, this, they have to know what I know, need to know kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and actually
0: that's why, um, the only way to really get direct pitching to work unless you get lucky is just going super deep with personalization. Um, so we actually have a typical, like our typical three-step funnel for outreach is very simple. It's, uh, send something that gets their attention, Right. So whatever just gets them clicking, send that first and then follow that up with a uh, verification that they're a real person and not a bot because there's so many bots right now. It's like, you got to show that you're actually real. So what we'll typically do is we'll have somebody create like a, a video that's just introducing themselves. that like it's sent to everybody, but it's actually them in front of a camera, which actually works really well because all the person needs to know is, is this a real person? Uh, and then the third step is if you hit them with some kind of an offer, like, um, Let's say for us, and this is something we haven't even talked about yet, but because of the success of our initial launches of our software products, we um, got asked to build a lot of software for other people. So, one way that we get software clients now is we'll be like, hey, we'll do free app design, right? We'll do a free app design for you. And, and what we'll do is when they say yes to that, before the actual meeting, we'll make like a whole video, customized video, breaking down all the ways they can make an app like that they want or just showcase our case studies or something, but a personalized video to this person. And that's the third step. You do that. Then you're already kind of like increasing the odds that they're going to be interested by tenfold compared to any other kind of.
1: You're showing them what they could be. What was that? You're showing them what they could be like. Yeah. You could have a look, an app that looks like this for example. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, you might have other kind of like lead gen, people listening to this, potentially people who do that for other companies. I would say that's the big issue with uh, providing lead gen as a service to someone else is that the things that a lead gen company is willing to do to get customers is not always the things that the lead gen company tells their clients they should do. And that's the reason their clients typically fail is because they don't really tell the clients how hard it actually is. It's really hard. And the client kind of has to be willing to like do some of the work. Otherwise it's, very unlikely to be successful so
1: dig into that a little bit like yeah so you're talking about just to get the identities correct so you're saying you're a legion company selling yeah. like hey we're gonna go help marknology get leads yeah okay um and so if you help me get leads what you're selling is that we do amazon services right mm-hmm. and is what's missing is that the legion company is kind of going as quick as they can to get a sale and not really setting expectations on those leads yeah. correctly for the agency. So the agency comes into it. The client that said, yes, was like, wow, I already saw this like kind of done for me. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, and now they think that it's going to be too easy and the expectations aren't correct. Is that, am I, re, you know, regurgitating yeah. that correctly? you're,
0: you're, you're saying it correctly. And the thing that, you know, the reason why we are always like careful to take on new lead gen clients really is because when you're dealing with a new company that wants more leads or wants more sales, sometimes you're competing against the hundreds of retargeting ads and pieces of content that are, that are actually in a lot of cases just straight up lying to them uh, about how easy it is. (laughs) And so you have to be really honest. And um, I think the only way to really get clients at a certain point at scale is just to show, look, this is what we do. This is how much revenue we produce. I can do it for you. And I think that, that ultimately, because I know our company sounds like it's a little all over the place, but I would say that the the single thread that I'm going to be doing, and we're actually redesigning the homepage of the website right now because of the software's new version, the single singular thread I'm trying to convey to people is like, look, I'm not a marketing agency. I'm not a software company. I'm not a SEO company. I'm just a sales company. I just help you get more revenue. So the software helps you get more revenue. SEO helps you get more revenue. It's the same pitch as like a financial advisor.
1: I mean, it's like- All the different ways we can help you. We're vertically yeah, integrated. So to I'm speak.
0: not worried about just one strategy. I'm just, you come to us, we grow your revenue. That's it. And we have software that helps you grow your revenue. So it's I not, think We're that's not going to make
1: you fit the shoe. We're going to figure out what size shoe you need. And exactly.
0: Give you yeah. And that's the, that's the right conversation to be having, I think, you know, with people, just to be really like frank with them. Because if you're going to grow a business by like 10, 20, 50, 100%, like you usually don't just do one channel usually you're doing a lot of different channels,
1: you know? Yeah. For example, we are um, a TikTok shop, TikTok agency as well. Um, yeah. That's something that's happened in the last six months. I think, you know, TikTok shop's been in the US like six months. We've been there. Um, yeah. And I've been doing Amazon for 12 years. So in the Amazon industry, that's like, I'm a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but that's been our bread and butter. That's what we've done. That's what people know us for. But I'm building my own brands. You know, you you talked about selling software as a product, like I'm building my own products. Um, And what those products need is not just Amazon. So while I'm using Amazon, that's my expertise. That's what I'm good at. Let's say like SEO is what really got you guys going. And you really know how to drive sales with SEO and growth with SEO. You know that there's also tech. You know that there's also apps. You know that there's also, um, you know, in-person events and lead gen and all different types of things. A webinar is not through SEO. A lot of times that's through a chat bot or that's through... A list, you know, from an event, or who knows, any number of things. They can come from different channels, right? My point being, um, it can come from all types of places, right? And what I right. understand about building a brand is, um, let's say you are selling an invention, like a a new toy, a fidget spinner. Okay, right. before we all saw fidget spinners and knew what they were, there was no one looking for a fidget spinner, right? Right. So right. if you are selling on Amazon, the person, the customer, goes to the search bar and they type in fidget spinner. Or they might type in like ADHD toys or they might type in um, anxiety toys or I don't know, whatever they might search. Okay? Right. 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 And um, these things have existed like Rubik's Cubes and stuff, but they don't have like a one term fits all for them. And so a fidget spinner is not really ideal for Amazon, although Amazon can be a conversion page. And eventually, if it's ranked high enough in a category and people know of it, you know, then they might see it and explore right. it things right. like that, but you're going to type in like ADHD toy, let's say, or like yeah. uh, anxiety toy and the actual toy is called a fidget spinner. So there's no match there with SEO, right. if that makes sense. You're either going to spend a lot in ads. It's a toy for TikTok, okay? Right. Or Facebook or Instagram. One of these tools where you can market instead to a demographic of people. Let's look at ages. Let's look at people like that, like these things. It's like people that have also liked these pages. Maybe they're in these zip codes, et cetera. And in doing that, no one is actually searching for a fidget spinner, but they might be scrolling through Instagram and then see a fidget spinner and be like, that looks cool. Click on it, go to a website or go to an Amazon page and buy, but they weren't searching it. And then that took me a little second to get out. But my point being, um, I know that there's different products that fit better for a website or for, let's say, social media marketing than just directly Amazon, even though I've done Amazon for going on 13 years now. so anybody that's a sales expert or a sales company really understands the differences in these types of products and what you're what they're trying to build and how they're trying to sell and should be able to say hey guys i know you came to me for amazon but really i think your product is going to be a better fit for let's say TikTok shop yeah and we should approach that and that's taken me sometimes years to learn because i'm like amazon's my expertise i want to push everything through the amazon channel um but sometimes that's not the best way and the, the last thing i'll say um is let's say uh, some products are not great for websites. You're like, well, everyone should have their own websites, their own real estate, you know, and maybe you need a landing page and you need like some kind of reference that points to other places. Um, but some products are like auxiliary products. It's right. something that you buy while you're at Walmart buying other stuff or while you're at yeah. uh, the supplement store buying protein, you buy that that shaker on the way out. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you would just go to the store just to get a shaker. Right. Right. And so any any true sales team, marketing team that's really good at what they do is going to understand that there's different mediums Mm -hmm. um, for different products and what's best. So I was trying to give just like a product based version of kind of the same thing, I think, uh, as Twiz to make a relation there um, on your like whatever you're needing in this gambit. And I think something else that we talked about is like, if you go to twiz.io right now, what you see is um, a a website that is going to solve whatever need you, you need, you, you, there's categories, you're picking it. You're, you're asking for a quote, you're asking for more information. And you're saying, Hey, we do all of these things. If it's any of the things that aren't here, yeah, here's a great partner for you. That's been vetted out, proven. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. And I think, um, I think ultimately, on the uh there's a huge conversation to be had especially for service businesses or anyone offering a service that you need to find a niche and i think there's a lot of people who say that and i actually do agree to an extent but the metaphor that i like to use uh for anyone who is thinking through this right now is you should always try to find your niche at every moment your of your company's development so for example Like when I started, my niche was uh, SEO because we grew to our first like million dollar run rate and million dollar year being predominantly a SEO company. But what's taken us to become a multi-million dollar company is adding on um, and specializing, like really going to market with a niche around like LinkedIn lead generation. What I think will get me to, you know, two to 10 million is actually kind of forgetting all of that and making the niche around just purely sales growth. I want people to associate twiz with just sales growth. That's it. And so I think it's about having one thing at any point in time, but just knowing that you have one thing. So you can offer different services. You can do these things, but from the brand's perspective, you need to have like one singular thing that they, they know about. Um, and they're focused on when they're thinking about you. And so we've gone through a lot of evolutions. We've been around for almost six years now. And we've gone through a lot of evolutions. And I think that the biggest thing I try to do is just to always find that center amidst all the different things you might offer. Just like, what is the one thing you want the customer to think of when they think of you? You know, that's brilliant. That's sort of the, cause like Amazon, you know, you can make, you can come up with like a million words, but they're so big now that doesn't really. I don't, I think it matters, but it doesn't matter as much maybe. But when you're like sub 10 million, I think you do need like that one thing. And then even when you get bigger, like, like Loom, for example, I just did a video about this, um, but they just sold for a billion dollars to Lazian. And that was huge, but you can actually pick just one thing they do, which is just video recording, just one thing, right? So having that one thing could take you a long way. So I do think you kind of need it, but also, it's not like the world isn't so black and white, right? There's not just always binaries with everything. I think it's a helpful mechanism, but it's not always the, the way, the, it's not always the case, right? Yeah. So yeah. and I
1: think as long as you know the focus, um, so that whenever people are saying, well, how can you help? And you can say, well, we can help you with sales growth. On, yeah. You know, online sales growth. Okay, what does that look like? Well, what does your business look like? What are you trying to do, right? right. And, um, you know, I think that's where our, our TikTok, you know being a TikTok shop partner or playing in d2c and content creation things like that has evolved is um we've got a ton of amazon brands that we built relationship with or amazon you know clients on amazon that were like hey we need help here we need help here and you're, you're either referring that out or you're building it in-house well, you are building it in-house if you think you're going to need it yourself right yeah. so um yeah. i think i think that's some of it and you know when i started amazon um Almost 13 years ago, there wasn't competition, Lucas. Uh, right. <laughs> it was I was top 10 in the world on Upwork. Um, That's amazing. Because there's no one else there. There wasn't teams in the Philippines. There wasn't teams in India or Pakistan or any of the other Amazon headquarters that they've you know built up. And then people leave those companies. They become freelancers and VAs. None of that existed. Like, yeah. um, it just wasn't the case. Um, and so at the beginning, you know, at, here in Kansas City. I wanted to be known as the Amazon guy, not my Amazon guy. I literally just said like, I wanted to be, if someone was like, oh, you're trying to be on Amazon or you're doing, oh, I know, I know a guy. It's it's Andrew. He's like, he's obsessed (laughs) with it. This is what he does. And I wanted to be the referral that people send out, you know, Um, Kansas City is a small town like that where referrals are a big thing and people like to work with people they know. And, um, and so at first this was my pond and I was like, I want to be the Amazon guy. And at first people knew me as a t-shirt guy because I built an apparel brand. Oh, nice! Um, but I was like, I don't make t-shirts like that's not what I do, right? Like, this is way cooler. Like I'm changing an industry. I'm help creating yeah. an industry. I'm changing the way we do business and retail. Um, And that was on me. It was a branding issue. I was confusing yeah. people, right? So I needed to get right. my, my niche, my focus. Well, then I'm in Amazon. I start speaking in PPC advertising because I was really good at it. And that's kind of what people needed at that time when it came out 2015, 16, 17. It's yeah. so, okay. PPC guy. People are known. Oh, Andrew speaks on PPC. Okay. Bring him in, bring him in. Well, then people start coming around doing that and it's not really like a specialty or, or anything that separates us other than we're really good at it. Well, what was next? Content was shit on Amazon. No one okay. was doing, everything was like Fiverr done on Fiverr upwork. No disrespect to anyone there. I know there's talented people. I got my start there, but it wasn't the same as like real true story brand Branding, storytelling, stuff, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell the market, the industry, content, branding. Like, you want to stand out from Chinese sellers who are beating you with your Alibaba prices because they have the same molds as you and everything else. How's your branding? How's your content? Right, and so it just evolves. We're still the Amazon agency, but oh, that you need good content or branding, like Marknology. Well, we used to be the PPC agency. We used to be just the Amazon agency in general. So you got to allow yourself room to evolve and change just like people you know your business is a live organism so you know allowing it to change and now we're playing in TikTok and doing some of these other things because i i have um been acquiring and building brands myself in a smaller way and so now we're doing some of those things i'm even talking on it sometimes about those things and it's always been amazon so um i'm just saying i'm doubling down on what you're saying in in right. regards to creating a business and uh, start with your, your market, your small market, your neighborhood, your city, you know, be known for that thing there, you know, right. and then, then you've got other cities, you've got other countries as an international world, but allow yourself to evolve too, as, as the market changes, you guys are now into talked about AI and wanting to help people embrace that and be able to use that. And, uh, that wasn't something that was mainstream, you know, even right. two years ago. hundred
0: percent. So. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, where I'm kind of seeing it is you may find your focus and then you may just like add one or two words onto it, or you might not. I mean, I think I said sales growth, but that's basically based on where we're at right now. The plan with the software is that in the next quarter we'll have a huge AI component. So then, well, maybe I want people to think of me as like AI sales growth, like who knows? Um, But it's just little tweaks like that. It's like a constantly evolving process, like you said. And um, it's exhilarating, honestly. Um, building a building an ecosystem, I think, requires that. Building a company that you just grow to maybe half a million or a million and then sell one day, I don't think you really need that. Um, you could probably just milk it for like as long as you want. But if the goal is to build this like huge business, it's about constant evolution. Like I don't plan on really ever selling this company. Um, I just plan on continuing to build it more and more uh paying myself and my team well and just doing good job for our clients. But um, you know, it sounds like look. you're still having fun. I'm still having fun. I I'm still having fun, but I you know it's funny, I, I think um I've told my business partner, we've been working together now for six years, and it's like I think this is the most fun I've I'm have I've ever had in the business because it's finally exactly what I want it to be. I always wanted to build a software product, but it was a little disconjointed from like the marketing agency but now they all feel very like together and I'm able to do everything I want. Like I'm able, I have a, a social media team. We work on creating content. I've I've changed the branding a little bit to be in, you know, if you had been interviewing me like last year, we were all about agency growth. That was like the first niche, right? And then I was like, well, I could definitely keep that going. But also I, I still think I can be competitive with just like the whole AI thing because I, I know a lot about the development and maybe there's like not that many, you know, eight service-based businesses that are actually software developers that have grown. So like, I feel like I can kind of talk about it and talk about that whole experience. So I've kind of now changed it to where I just want to get, I want to be like a news media brand around like innovative tech. And if I can get people like yourself and other people just like listening to that, watching that, because it's all interesting stuff, then I know I can kind of get them in the funnel and then sort of put them in wherever, wherever they think, wherever I think could be best for them. But like that's sort of where, what keeps it fun, right? Because before I was kind of actually talking about things where I sort of felt like I was regurgitating myself over and over, over again, over and over and over, uh, and over you again. know, It's just not, you lose a little bit of excitement. So I had to think like, okay, what is something I could talk about forever? So I changed, I worked, I did a branding exercise with my like social media manager and I, she was like, okay, well, what do you wanna talk about? And, I, and we figured out that changing the branding from like, here's how I grew my agency, to like a seven figure business instead saying I help innovative businesses build the products they want to see in the world. That's something I can talk about forever. And my sign off on TikTok is basically like, Hey, my name's Lucas. And I talk about innovative tech. Uh, that's something I can talk about forever. And I know businesses care about innovative tech. So they're in my funnel. So like, as long as I can kind of make it all work, there's so many different ways to build a business. You just have to get the impressions, get the visitors, Get people in, and then and then funnel funnel them down to wherever you want to go. But it doesn't really matter how you get them. It's just, do you have a funnel? You need a funnel, but you can get that funnel in so many different ways. You know,
1: I think some of it is kind of like um, I'll make a comparison here. But like, think about like John Mayer, okay, the, <laughs> yeah. the, like the musician. Right at first, he was like it was love songs, ballads. Like, you know, it was John Mayer that we know, Neon. You know, these love songs. Um, and he built himself to be very successful. Right. Yep. um, And now he's like in a jam band. OK. Right. um, And he's doing what he wants to do now. I don't think if he came out just doing jam band, he would be the John Mayer that we know. Right. That's can do anything and sell out a crowd and all that just doing jam band stuff. OK. Yep. At that time. But so he he's where he wants to be, where he's a thought leader and he's he's putting out content and music and playing what he wants. But he went all in on a one thing when he was smaller. and I think that, that kind of echoes what you're saying about, like, if you're at this size, you should be focusing on this. And if you get to this size, then you can focus on this because you can say, "What? look what I've done. And that yeah. changes the narrative, you know, to kind of what you're saying. But for those of us that like are students of knowledge and just love to learn and do things, like you said, you just wanted to code. So, um, you, you know, you went to figure that out. You thought you're going to go to school and custom code and, and, you know, it took you a different direction. Um, yeah. and now you're like, now I want to learn AI. Now I don't just want to work with agencies. I want to work with e-commerce brands, too. And I want to work yep. with anyone and everyone i want to be able to have a solution i like helping people let's yep. put it that way and i love i love problem solving at the core uh, and i love problem solving uh around innovative tech using yep. innovative tech to problem solve and you know then you're bringing yourself all the way down you're like that's my true passion and whether i was do, whether i'm doing um this company or i'm doing this company or i left my technology and i'm doing something else i think if i'm around problem solving uh in innovative ways i'm going to be happy as a person yeah owner, right?
0: Exactly. And that's, that's also why you have to be so careful about um, just following these predefined pathways that people say online of just do this. And I guess I'm a, I'm a prognosticator of it too, which is that I'll tell people, Hey, this is what I did. You should do this too. And I think you should actually be kind of careful with following that because at a certain point, you almost, once you've consumed enough information, I feel like you kind of have to turn it off. Like Right now, I actually don't read very many business books, actually. I kind of stopped. I I was, I was like really into all these different books, like Good to Great, The One Thing, uh, Alex from like $100 million offers. Like I was really reading up, but it's like at a certain point, I feel like you're almost just confusing yourself because you you get different. Yeah. the, The one thing you read about every single time is that it seems like everyone has a different way that they made millions of dollars or they were super successful. It's like everyone has a different path. Like I just... Heard a, I saw a little clip on TikTok, Instagram, I think it was, yesterday on an interview with Mr. Beast. And he was literally like, I literally just work until I pass out. Not because I'm like overworking. I just, I don't really take weekends off. I just work. And then when I'm tired, I'll just take a day off and I'll work more. And so other people would be like, no, you have to have a regimented schedule. You got to be like nine to five. Up you're at like- 4
1: a.m. If, you, exactly. if you're up at four, you're getting, you know, three times more done on everyone else and, you know, yeah. yada, yada, yada.
0: Exactly. Like there are some core principles um, that a lot of these people follow. But I think at the end of the day, it's like you almost get to a point where you have so much information that it can actually kind of distract you. Like find the things that in the last few years you have found to be true. Find a playbook that you absolutely know works out of all the things that you've encountered and just do that over and over until you get to your goal and stop overthinking it. Like The one thing that I have a problem with, because I apparently have ADD, my girlfriend says I do, and so does my doctor. So I guess I do. Uh, I just don't like to believe I do, but uh, is that I get really bored really easily. Like I I love working on new projects, which is also why it's been a struggle keeping the business so consistent is like, how do I do that? Um, But I just kind of look at it as all right, I know for a fact that from my own patterns of behavior and from looking at these other people build businesses, once you have something that's working, you actually have to just put the gas pedal all the way down and do not stop. Like just keep doing it and do not change it. Don't change direction, just keep doing it. And that is something that I've learned from reading many different books, watching many different videos on successful people. And I feel like, I don't know if I need any more information than that. Like I know that that works. I know that method works. Just keep doing it. Like don't get distracted. Just do this, it'll work. Don't overcomplicate it. And just, I don't know, read something that you enjoy. Like I've started reading a lot of like historical biographies and like science books just because it's fun for me. I don't really, really like reading business books anymore. It kind of distracts me, I feel. You I know? think
1: that's because we go through different needs. And I think something you said earlier in the show is like is really important. And it's like, what do you need in your life or in your business and when? Like, you know, if you're yeah. at the starting stages, you need discipline, you need focus, you need to get an expert at something, you need to get a niche, you need to stay dialed in, pedal to the metal. Um, you get to a point where let's say your business is is doing well and it's you've got people you've scaled, you've got people helping you with things. Um, now you can change and you can be a little bit more flexible and you've learned that discipline, you've learned that patience, you've learned that skill. Um, now you can go do something else. I definitely am the trailblazer, not the manager. Like I am the guy with the machete out in front clearing the jungle. It's not going to be perfect. It might be, you know, the grass and might be like, you know, up and down and and not perfect links, but I'm going where most people won't go or they haven't gone yet. Um, and other people come and make it look manicured, like a manicured lawn. And, you know, they're like moving these plants over here and making everything look great. Great. That's for you. I you can call it ADHD or you can just say that I'm a trailblazer, I'm an explorer, I'm an adventurer yeah. and other people are farmers. You know, right. and and we're not all the same. And so it's like it's really knowing your strengths and then being like, Hey guys, like I can go get this thing started. Um, like I figured out, you know, I have launched a warehouse and stood up all the software myself. You know, we're in four years into our warehouse and three PL. I didn't know shit about that. I'm good at tech <laughs> and software and and um but I wanted to do it, and it was fun, so I jumped into it. And I get everything set up. Well, then I need to hire a warehouse manager and get people that can actually do the job, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and in different areas of my business, that's that's really where it is. It's like I'm still R and I'm still the R and D department, yeah, because um, because I like doing that. And another trip take, I would tip I would give for anybody that's um, maybe a newer entrepreneur or just looking for a change is you can read all these books. Um, I try to get obsessive about one particular thing that I need yeah. to learn well. Like for me, patience was one I need to learn um, really bad. I just knew that like I would almost like smother things or, or overwater them or whatever if, um, you know, if I was left to do my own doing. So I was like, I need to learn how to be more patient and let it get the sunlight it needs and put it back in the shade and put the plant back out in the sun, you know, and be patient with something. And so sometimes for me, patience, the best way for me to be patient was to do multiple things. Right. So I could let one thing bake and go focus on the other thing for a while, change my brain. I wasn't lazy. I like working. I just needed to work on something else right. or, or I was going to smother it. And so, um, if you're reading the business books, you're doing the thing. Um, if you're now implementing the things you've been reading in the book and you're like, I shouldn't focus on anything else. I really just need to focus on systems in my business or I need to focus on sales growth, in my business, or whatever that is. Um, Maybe then what you need is pleasure and you need disconnect and you need play and you need, um, you know, stimulate your brain with your imagination and get inspiration and things like that. So some of it comes down to self-awareness and knowing yourself as the leader of your company um, of what you need when and being realistic with yourself. And, um, you know, for me, I've been on a craze like mental health books i've just loved i kind of got some success in my personal life like in um i used to just have night terrors like uh, Mm. pretty much my whole life so i was like 34 i grew up in africa and so some of that stuck with me and um got rid of them like i'm 36 like a couple years ago where they they eased up a ton and i was just like whoa results like are you kidding me yeah and i just like jumped in like i just was like i want to read and consume everything because i got some results and i'm like i want to know more about this well you got to know yourself and where you're at in your business and i wouldn't have even been at that point if my business wasn't at a better spot if that makes sense i wouldn't have been willing to like open up those areas of my brain for vulnerability if i wasn't feeling you know i'd already worked through some of these other things so it took me a minute to get all of that out but i think there's so much um meet there for founders that are trying to figure out what's best for them and how to work best with others and figure it out and um you know just know what know where you're at know what you are at your core and who you are at your core be real with yourself you know maybe that's a girlfriend telling you maybe that's your doc maybe that's your brand manager kind of helping you direct you but that's why they're around you right they shouldn't be around you unless they have that yeah um, right to speak into your life and give you some direction but um i think everything you're doing makes absolute sense to me so maybe we're just both (laughs) in the same crazy in the same crazy class or something but um you know now that i've asked enough questions and really kind of heard it explained it's like oh that makes i I mean duh like it's like a duh situation for me right so um let's spend the last couple of minutes just talking about you know um uh, the software Yeah. Um, You know how people can learn more, get engaged, follow along, like see what you're building, this latest version coming out. How can it help? Uh, How can it help businesses?
0: Yeah. So easiest way to get involved and kind of join the community here is to go to how to scale an agency podcast. Uh, If you just type that into Google, we're going to come up. First thing that pops up. Uh, we interview a bunch of agencies, but I think even if you are not an agency owner, uh, you could get a lot of value out of this. Um, it's a service businesses in general. So any kind of agency actually really um, go check that out. Uh, also have a YouTube channel now where I'm putting out a lot of content, tech content, and just like teaching people how to use all these things around AI sales, no code. So just look up my name, Lucas James Twiz, T-W-I-Z uh, on YouTube, you'll find me there. And then, you know, I think, um, if you just, yeah, if you just type in twiz on online, you'll find us. And, uh, if you want to sign up, it's free to sign up for our software, give it a shot. I've been using it internally to track all of our leads. Um, and it's been a great way to, um, start putting a lot of business intelligence into sales. Um, I got the idea to do it because I have this huge sheet that tracks all my different sales reps and I have all these numbers and KPIs and everything in there. And I was like, dang, this is a lot of work. I just put this in an app. And so I did. And, uh, this is the product of now like three years of just building an app that can be like a super sales app, essentially just giving you all the insight and data you need. So definitely if anyone's growing, scaling, hop on in there, it's free to use. Um, and would love to, Love to see what your thoughts are on it.
1: Honestly, that's so. amazing. We're definitely going to have to connect after this. I have listened to y'all's podcast without even knowing that it was you. Uh, oh, really? I've at least listened to a couple episodes. I'm <laughs> positive, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was just in a zone trying out a bunch of different podcasts about you know, scaling <laughs> my agency and and looking for. Um, looking for sales growth stuff and just some yeah. tips and nuggets, you know, so I pulled that it out. <laughs> um, there's a couple I listened to already. So that was absolutely amazing. And we'll have all of those links and and stuff in the show notes as well. Um, for anyone that, you know, might be driving, didn't get a chance to write some of that down. Um, but I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I'm glad you're having fun. I can tell just by the way you talk about it. Uh, it's always nice talking to founders that are, you know, six years in and still just like very passionate about, about what they're doing.
0: Yeah, man. If anyone wants some good reads for the weekend, read the book The Dynasty. Um, It's about the Patriots. Uh, I mean, people here might hate the Patriots, to be honest, but if you are part of the, I don't really know if I love or hate them, but they talk about how, you know, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, and Tom Brady, they just kept building this thing. And at first, it wasn't that great. And then eventually, it became like the best dynasty in the history of sports, uh, you know, debatably, but, um, it just kind of goes to show like you got to keep reinventing yourself and you, if you could stay committed to one thing for a really long time and you love it you'll succeed beyond your wildest expectations so i'm definitely trying to follow that book and just anything like that so yeah I'm, I'm glad you can see that i mean i'm definitely trying so
1: thank you lucas um and thanks again to our listeners for tuning in and thanks again to our sponsor fullscale.io do you need to hire software engineers testers or leaders let full scale help They have the people in the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let the platform match you up with a fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders at FullScale. They specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Lucas, thanks for being on the show. Hustlers, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.